Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, podcast where two comedians talk like experts on topics they're not experts on. We have subscriptions available. We have perks at each tier of subscription. One to $3 a month will get you access to the exclusive Discord. $10 a month, Jordan and I will answer a question on the podcast. $30 a month, we will do an entire podcast based on your suggestion. And all money from the subscriptions will be going to the Life You Can Save charities that uh, seek to uh, help some of the poorest people in the world and it's all predicated on the concept of effective altruism look it up it's a wonderful initiative uh jordan has shows on sale i have a weekly sydney show on sale i've got also got a gold coast show uh neilcolhacker.com slash podcasts or neilcolhacker.com slash tickets jordan how are you good i'm curious though why the fuck do you just have one gold coast show because it's for the uh, gold coast comedy festival so they invited me to do it. How many? How many shows? Just the one in Just a in one. a in a in a theater though. So You're doing a big show. Yeah. Well, if they come out, yeah. Oh damn! Yeah, true. When is it? It is uh, March twentieth, I believe, or March twenty first. It's the Saturday. Yeah, so I'm not sure which one. It's, it's, it's a while away. Yeah. Assuming there is on a lockdown, and if there is, you will be refunded. Rest assured. Yeah. Same thing with mine. Although you know, my booking manager is getting mighty tired of refunding. <laughs> Yes. So much of that shit happened last year. And it was just like straight before the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So it's oh. just like, what, 5,000 tickets that have just been sold and it's just going back to each every one of them. Dear Mr. Peterson, as you are well aware, global events, every yeah. person. Such a joke, man. Bro, I had to pay out, uh, you know, the accommodation. The I Because we had booked the venue for a few weeks, we had to sort of pay them out. What, what venue that did fell you go on to? Me. Just bad management, actually. Uh, but uh, uh, what venue was it at AIM, Australian Institute of Music, or I was going to do that. Yeah, I haven't I done the Melbourne before, Comedy yeah. Festival. I haven't done the full run of the Melbourne Comedy Festival since 2017, and I was so looking forward to it because it's nice. it's been three years, and now it's going to be at least five because I'm not doing it this year because it's it's too restricted this year, and there's another lockdown in Melbourne as we're recording this. I don't know what's going to happen by March. But this will probably go out by March, actually. But uh, who knows? It's just too much of a risk. And I'm really, man, what I'm thinking of doing is actually live streaming the second half of my weekly show and putting it on Zoom for 10 bucks a ticket or something like that. I think that could work. Because it's improv. So it's different every week. I think that's actually a really cool idea. Yeah, so we're considering that. It's we're just, working yeah, on like that. Yeah, like a really teeny thank God you're here. Yeah, so if you're not in Sydney, there may be an opportunity to look at some of the... Uh, to see Neil and Friends live, actually. Uh, I'll let you know. Again, by the time this one comes out, we've we've planned these ones well in advance. It might even already be possible. So... Uh, have a look at my uh, my socials if you're interested in looking at one of those shows. Dude, these cameras would be good enough. You're halfway there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd use these ones. Uh, the guy who runs the room has, I think, even better ones, so we might use them. He's fine with that. All right. Mm, um, yeah, we're looking into it anyway. That's the point. You know what? That's actually a really good segue into what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know how much this is, this is going to be one of those like famous Jordan has one thought and sometimes it leads somewhere extremely interesting. Most of the time it fizzes, but. What's <laughs> <laughs> your grand thought of today? It's so, I hate that I'm always doing this, but like, it's just, it's just, I like using this podcast to uh, try and tease out what I've been mulling on a lot. No, that's but what I do. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. what they love. That's what, it's just an insight into our minds. We don't plan anything. We don't really yeah. do it, it is pretty perverted, <laughs> I've got to say, fucked. of you to be sitting yeah, here watching. What it's really scary. <laughs> why, why do you? I suppose it's because it's just like, it's such early, it, it's such men of our age qualms. Yeah, it's, it's always that kind of thing. It's the uh, infancy of our our thoughts, which then lead to our videos. So that's true, and also I think it's just a lot of tradies being like, "Well, I've got eight hours where I've just got to like plaster a wall. They've got to fill it with something." Man, <laughs> I, I like being in that rotation, though. I got to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, we don't belong there. Fuck, no. <laughs> we, we do not have enough testosterone to be in the tradies <laughs> playlist. Jordan Peterson. Joe Rogan. That should be exclusively what they're listening to. Some yeah, MMA podcast that's even more specific than Joe Rogan's. They've probably gone through all of those five times. Yeah. I have. <laughs> I <know>. So, <laughs> I'm sure so now you're going to start listening to your own podcast? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how it works. Why not? Well, look, that's what I always hear is there's a lot of tradies listening to this. And if you are, shout out. Really? Put on your boys. I know that. There you go. Yeah, that's saying sick. that. That's mad. Um, you work a lot, a lot harder than us. Friends, what? like boomer tradies, they're just like, yeah, listen to it, it's pretty good. Shocking, isn't it? That's that's bizarre. Why? Yeah, I've had that three times happen. Damn, didn't didn't realize you'd like it, but there you go. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no worries, you legends, boys. Keep it up. Seacants. <laughs> yeah, as you say, I hope that footy team you like is doing well. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was talking about uh, Yeah, machines I'm very interested in machines now Well, b- broadly speaking, any machine or, or the uh, impending AI revolution No, I'm really not interested in that I know I should be interested in it But every time they start just saying They're like, what we're going to know is you're Like in some time it's going to be Terminator But are Terminators going to be shooting us Or are they going to be planting our flowers <laughs> wow. Like I'm just like, ah, shut up But A- Accurate depiction of their voice <laughs> <laughs> How nasally their voice <laughs> That classic elbow lisp yeah. They all have it um, No, it's more like, oh, okay, a, big a business. It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go you on. You don't normally do that. I'm ashamed of you, Neil. thought you'd have better manners. We're talking about... Um... It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a... Okay, a business is a machine. Let's put it that way. Okay, so we're not talking mechanical machines. We're talking... Sis- are you talking about systems? systems? Systems. That's a better word for it. I don't systems know why I use machines. Oppression. Oh fuck. <laughs> I guess yeah. You can put. You can lump that in. Okay. Okay. Rage systems. against the machine. Well, so that's what they're talking about. Are you talking about just a a a a, a multi comp mu- comp mu- mm. 
a multi-compartmentalized, multifaceted unit of some sort where just there are various cogs that work together to create a product or an end goal. Yes. Yeah, okay. What interests you about that? I'm at that stage of life. I need to know how to do it. I am completely at a loss. How to That's do, why. How to, how to grow your business? Is that what you're talking about? Or Look, I have had a business for probably five years now. Longer than that. Maybe longer than that. But I've never really thought about it as a business. I think I'm at the stage where I need to start thinking about it as a business. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, it's, it's dude... I'm at that stage where I think that I'm just going to have to make the crossover. And there's been like a waiver in the quality and quantity of what I've been able to push out. And I think I'm just going to have to ride that. Um, Why is there... Why is the quality waning? Sorry. Are you trying to restructure the business? I'm restructuring the business. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I think it just needs to happen because I, I, I fully understand now that like once that happens... The, the level of efficiency would go through the roof. So first of all, I, I, I would observe that maybe three years ago, you seemed to make a big change in the content you were producing. You started making those uh, commentary videos where you were standing there with a the microphone, whereas previously it was all that sketch-based style. Mm, mm. So that only happened, what, at the start of 2019, didn't it? Maybe. You changed it up. Now you want to change it again? Well, now I just want to make it so it's just more efficient. So I've want, I want two editors and then I want like, basically, I want to start building that kind of CEO pyramid, which is kind of scary, I guess, because the bigger this gets, the more, the, the less create, the less time I have for creativity and more of your creativity actually just gets put into the machine. But I think that this is what happens after a while. It's just inevitable. And I think that that's what's, that's what's interesting about it as well, is that, like, this machine exists. This machine has to exist. And as a result uh-huh. of that, I have to make sacrifices in terms of my own creative joys or pursuits or whatever. And, it, like, the machine needs a captain. Why? To what degree will those sacrifices impede the overall business, though? Because the the main selling point of your videos is the creativity and and your input. So if you're taking that away, even to a certain degree, are you then damaging the overall brand? Evidently, this is what's happening now. But I think that in the long run, maybe I won't. Because in the long run, this is what's going to happen. It's just that I'll have like... And sorry, what are you actually doing now that's uh, taking you away from what you would normally be doing in the context of your operations. So now I've just got the idea that what I should be doing is having three editors. One editor should be like the supervising editor, which is my oldest editor that I've had for a long time because he just knows the style. He's extremely good at what he does. Yeah. Um, and he should just be training two other editors to be sitting there and doing the three videos a week. And then one of those should be clipping TikToks, the one that is doing the one video a week, and they should be clipping TikToks on their spare time uh, so that you've got that coming out. You've got those three videos coming out. You've got one guy supervising these two that's training these up to be as good as he is. And this guy is sitting there just coming up with like 
big, big videos, like, you know, hour-long videos, half-hour-long videos, because those are the ones that always do well in the YouTube algorithm anyway. And now uh-huh. I'm just at this stage where some things just do need an hour. But if you, you, if you put in an hour to an editor, like, you've just completely fucked your entire schedule. Like, they can just put, like, a little bit here and a little bit there, and you can release one of those videos a, a, a year, and they become yeah. big, like, I don't know, Bruz or, like, Fatty or something. Like, one of those big videos that I've had in the past that mm. garnered a lot of attention. But what if you got to the stage where you could release one of those a month? Where you could release a really big video a month? which means that I would have to just be focusing on writing that really big video a month. And these three other videos would have to be done by my researcher and, uh, I, yeah, like my like uh, other writer that I just co-write with and then just being like, you guys are in charge of these. I come in at the last minute. I, like, make some alterations. And then, you know, that's the whole thing. Now it's kind of turning into a film crew thing where there's, like, a director there that just sits there while I'm sitting there being like, no, do that again. There's all that kind of stuff. So it's just this thing of like, in order to get to that growing. next level, yeah. it's become a machine and these things were naturally there. And now I have to just think about like, how do I make them work the most efficiently? Mm. And it's a scary way to think. It's a very scary way to think for me anyway, because I'm just, dude, I didn't get into the game for this. Yeah, but it does seem like the logical next step. It's the logical next step. It is. But it's just like, it's weird that life kind of happens like that, isn't it? It's just like you master one area and then you just get to this next stage and then it's just like, bam, you've got now a bunch of other problems that have just naturally arisen. Like these are the options. It's either that machine gets better or that machine falls apart. That's what happens. Yeah, that is true. That's very true. If you stagnate, you'll comparatively go down because everyone else will be improving. So... I don't think it's weird. I think that's just the natural progression of a creator, but also a small business. But this is the thing. It's it's turning into a... Th- but what I'm saying is everyone's now getting roles, where before it was kind of just like a bit more hippie than that. I suppose there was the editors and they always did that, but like the editors would just chuck in their two cents about writing. Yeah. The editors would do... Um, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd come in with and, like, pitch ideas and stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll chuck that around. And they'd chuck that around with me. And so, the editors would be doing some co-writing and stuff here and there. And, sure. But now, it's kind of just like, this is your role. This is your role. And now, it's kind of like with me. It's just like, like I was just saying before, like, I'm so uneducated for this role that I was just like the other day. We were just sitting here, a whole podcast, wondering what the fuck a CEO does. I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are one. It's weird, though. In a like, weird way, you are one. In a weird way, nah. yes. But, like, it's it's, well, it's you, just you filled with a bunch everything. of channels. You oversee and you supervise and you ensure that the machine or the system is running as smoothly as possible. That seems to be the... You also have the vision. You have the vision to, to say, okay, we need this big one-hour video once a month. We need these three weekly videos to be pumped out consistently. And then we also need these TikToks clipped up. Yes. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But this is the thing. There's now six people that are working full time on it. So Yeah, that's a lot. You would expect that much content to be pushed out. Where's your main source of... You'd be getting a lot through YouTube revenue now as well, wouldn't you? Or do you still get demonetized a lot? 
Not a lot. And is it Patreon where a lot of that comes from as well? Patreon merch. My, my the thing is pretty much anything that I make through Patreon and uh, AdRev, I just pump back into the business. I keep a bit of the merch, but most of it is just from doing stand-up shows. So yeah. last year I was just losing money the whole year, but I was just like, whatever, who cares? Um, oh, until the very, very end. I started to make money at the very, very end. Okay. But yeah, it's just like... It's it's very, very strange that this is sort of happening organically. And I know that I was saying that, you know, in the future, I want to kind of just create kind of that Murdoch machine that is happening. But it's happening a lot faster than what I thought, as in just becoming that guy that sits around at a desk all day, just being like, yeah, yeah, what, what, give, give me in the chief of editing. What's he got to say? Chief of writing? What are you doing? Like, that is happening now. Well, soon you'll be lobbying the government. Soon I'll be lobbying the government. I'll be I'll I'll just be sitting around with a bunch of other boards, walking in with like a pinstripe suit. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be able to make videos about government corruption then. Hey, <laughs> just calling shots. It's it's a strange, and I'm not I'm not a I'm not used to it because I'm just not used to thinking about when are you going to get a secretary that you fuck. Yeah, that's the next step. <laughs> that's the next, the affair. <laughs> that's that's when you truly make it. When you're like <laughs> fifty and you have a twenty-two-year-old secretary. <laughs> yeah, 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 that you're banging. That you're banging. Yeah, of course. But you're so successful, the wife's like, "Oh, that's just what he turns does. a blind eye." <laughs> that's just what yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, the trainee's wife that doesn't definitely do that. Ex- no, no, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, fuck you." <laughs> I'm out. The tradies' wife tradies just wife wants half the house. Is in year ten anyway, so. <laughs> That's so true. The tradies' twenty three. It look. Yeah, it's. Do you think the overall product w- would wane in quality though? Well, if, it, if if your input is so diluted between all the different areas, and th- these TikToks just going to be from the videos. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But then I was just like, because okay. you were saying it, and then also, like, I just noticed that Carl Sanderlands d- didn't even know that TikTok existed until someone came along and was like, do you know what TikTok is? And he was like, no, because I remember listening to it. And he was saying, you know, it's the next big thing. It's like YouTube at 15 seconds, whatever. And he was just like, yeah, you sound shit. And he was like, you know, you have like 330,000 followers. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, what do you, you'd probably be up to a lot just organically without actually putting too much effort into it right i wouldn't know yeah. i wouldn't know because i don't use it at all but sure. i think that it's just another thing that you can use to feed back to youtube so yeah yeah that's what that's the goal that's the goal is that your goal or is uh, your goal to move to tiktok now. i don't know anymore because it seems like dude you know what you've done it's really I strange a tiktok star now yeah but you've moved in polar opposites like most of your content that you bang out now is either like super short or super long. You do your little middle of like your three minute sketches and stuff like that. Yeah. But the things that I think that you're like known for now is your little 15 second minute clips. Or this. Or this. Yeah. But I like that. And that's where both of those platforms have headed. YouTube, the longer the content is, the better uh, it, it will performs. perform on the algorithm. So now my second channel, or my, I don't even see it as my second channel, the channel that this uh, podcast goes on, 
Neil TV. We're looking at starting a, a third. It wouldn't be a podcast. It might be more like a live stream, a bit bantery, because what I do with you and Eliza is quite sort of se- semi-serious and intellectual, whereas it would be good to just get the boys around and talk shit. Um, but the point is I'm making more revenue from that channel now than the main channel. Mm. Even though the main channel has 615,000 subscribers, this one has about 42,000. But the revenue, because they're all one hour long, one to one hour 20 podcasts with multiple ad breaks in the middle, very rarely do they get demonetized. Half my sketches get demonetized. I post them once every two or three weeks now. And they get they get anywhere between 20,000 to 80,000 views. Um, the Facebook algorithm seems to have improved recently. It was really bad last I year. I wonder why. It just looks like it may have improved again. Could be because of that bargaining code. But, I'm not but sure. But not great, right? Like no, it's, it's just still, like it's not terrible. It's not what it was in 2014 and 15. Uh, the Instagram algorithm is quite good if you're posting regularly. I spend most of my time on Instagram of all of them. But TikTok's the best by far for me. Like hundreds of thousands of views on TikTok pretty well, much just, every day. It's just everyone, isn't it? Because yeah. China's not interested in monetizing it. They're interested in data. They just want the growth. Yeah. The TikTok is what the other social media platforms were at their inception, which is an outlet for individuals... And, and, and people who just want to film their cats or film themselves saying something funny to go viral. And there's a personal element that now the other outlets don't have. They feel like TV. Watching YouTube, I don't watch... TV in- doesn't feel like TV anymore. No, TV You know what TV feels like? Feels- TV feels like The Simpsons after the golden age. Yeah. It's become that. It's kind of just like... I- I kind of recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You come out of a bender. You're like, oh, I used to like this. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I still like I I wonder what. They just do a lot of reality now and they'll clip it up into. They'll also have massive amounts of editors that are. There'll be some people. There'll be five people who clip The Bachelor up to TikTok clips. Mm. That's, that's their, probably their job. Yeah. Yeah, their social media teams would be huge. Massive. And it'll be all people who probably listen to this, probably just really young editors. Yeah, they'd, they'd fucking hate their jobs and so would I. That sounds shit. They'd probably get good money though. So. Do you reckon? You work at Channel 9 or 7. Really? I thought it'd be like, where? $43,000 a year. But oh, maybe it's not. Surely more than that. Maybe. At least 60, but I don't know. You tell us. It's just fucked, isn't it, that someone gets paid like 60 grand a year to sit around and just clip up like, did you say that? Did you say that to Shusinda or not? Um, but I suppose then again, like that's what I'm getting one of my editors to do. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, exactly that. You're not, you're not a good CEO, man. Yeah, I'm giving you this shit job that I would never do in my life. <laughs> you are part of a team. Yeah. We are building a better future for Australia. You can sell your roles so well. We are literally improving the fabric of this country. Well, I'll tell you this. The the people that we add on now, it's a combination of the fact that they've had shit jobs in the past. And, yeah. dude, this is a big thing that I think happens when you kind of just fall into 
having a sick job. This is the same thing with nepotism and stuff like that, how they're like little shits and they're bad at their job. Mm. It's because, dude, they don't know what it's like working at a bar. They don't know what it's like working at a, a, a restaurant that's up until like 2 a.m. and stuff like that. Like yeah, that damn. is a shit job. I don't even know what that's like to be honest. Neither do I. I've just heard I've it secondhand. I'm just like, I I never want to see that in my life. Oh, I had it for a few months, but that was it. Restaurant? No, swimming teacher. Ah, oh, that's that's like top tier shit job. That's mad. Yeah. That's like was, working was, at a video it, yeah, store or better, something. It's probably it's better than a bar. But no, yeah. then again, man, you're there really early and in winter you're just fucking shivering because you don't get to actually swim okay. you bubble bubble breathe bubble bubble breathe but um yeah actually that sounds horrible yeah well, it wasn't <laughs> good. pretty poorly paid but i was 18 everyone's had those um i had hardly any compared to other people i was an usher for a while so i was actually scanning the tickets for comedy shows see again so that's out. like a up yeah, I know. That's a, better it's than a bit, it's a bit way better than Maccas and Dominoes and stuff. KFC or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, but they're all, you know, no experience type jobs where you can just get them. Mm, yeah. The swimming teacher one was because I had, you just had to be a good swimmer. Mm. And then the Usher one, you just, they just needed a body. You just, yeah, needed to get, be there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you needed, I didn't need any training or anything. You no. Just, no. So here you go, scan the tickets. Sick. We'll give mm. you whatever it was, $12 an hour or whatever bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, I wonder why. Why, If you are going to get one of those minimum wage jobs, there are better ones than Maccas, you know. You can actually apply for other ones yeah, other than why. that. <laughs> you know. It's just because it's there. That's why. I think so, yeah. And they'll just accept job. anyone because they've always just got that sign out saying, yes, we are hiring. Well, maybe people just love Maccas and they think, well, why not? Well, I have come across those people actually, but they usually move into management and they kind of see Mac as a hill song. Those yeah, golden arches right, right, are kind right, of religious right. to them. Oh, man. It's scary, right? Mac is run. Um, <sighs> I'm very glad I'm not there. So, what is, I always thought, why not actually have someone who makes videos on the same subjects you do, but with a different image? You know, you your researcher also shares their information with... In the same way, there are certain press people who give out their information to Fairfax and then to Murdoch and then to all the different media outlets. Why don't you have another subsidiary channel that you that's a different person? But in the same way, Kyle Kalinske is part of the Young Turks network or whatever, but it's a different brand there. There are certain people that just like him way more than they like the Young Turks. Have you thought of that? Yes, I have. And that'll be the next stage, but... You need to get a chick. You need to get a chick. That's definitely it. Um, it's probably not a good start with the workplace culture. Yeah, you need a chick and she needs to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the boys club right there. Oh, does she have big tits? Okay. Hi. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got chicks that work for me, but you're right. You need a chick that can just start... Because the thing is, every time I ever go into chick territory and every time I chick try and territory. do that, but it's just like, it's it's so disingenuous. No, you need it. No, because what I mean is that uh, your audience, my audience as well, predominantly male, the audience of this podcast, very predominantly male. So if you could just out 
express the same political ideas but with a different vibe to it or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm always trying to do that. I'm obsessed with cracking the chick market. And then, you know, probably don't call it the chick market. <laughs> no, that's staying. <laughs> I'm open to suggestions. But <laughs> All right, team. How do we crack the chicks? <laughs> that just shows why it doesn't work. It's just you and like five dudes. Oh, I've never talked to one before. Barbies? Do they like that shit? <laughs> yeah. Just, 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 I don't know, hire a male model and then. <laughs> what do they like? Clothes. I tell you what, though they do. They do give you insights when 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 you do have chicks around. They'll tell you like you should do a video on Trisha Paytas or something, right? And I do it. It just doesn't fucking fly because like it's just mostly guys that are just like this is gay. They're the ones watching it, <laughs> and then it just yeah, yeah. dies, and no chicks see it. No, I don't think you should be trying to uh, increase no. your you know change your audience demographics because you've got a really core audience that love you for exactly what you do your tone your style what would be interesting is it doesn't have to be i'm just putting that out there but if you just had someone who could feed off the information you get and have the same political ethos you have but presented in a different way that appeals to different people. Exactly, yeah. No, that's that's definitely the end goal. But this is the whole thing. I'm just like it's only been a realization at the beginning of this year that there is a machine here. I need to figure out how to make this machine work. Yeah. I'm at that stage. Yeah. But eventually what you want to do is you want to add that component of making, I suppose, just like how there was those diaries do you remember then when we were like, I guess like 10, 8, and it was just like girl tech diary, like girl tech diary and boy tech diary. And it was the same fucking diary. It was just one was painted pink and one was painted blue. And like the the boy one was just like, stay, keep on like all the icky girls from knowing your secret information that you can share with all your friends with the secret cool spy code. And then like you'd look at the girl one and just like, just to do this, keep your annoying brother out by keeping this secret code in it that only registers your voice. But it was the same fucking diary. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all marketing, man. It's all marketing. But I that's know. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you need a girl tech Geordies. Yeah, but you can appeal to all sorts of demographics in that way. You could have like the the ethnic Geordies. Yeah. He's just basically you, but just oh, fuck this dog, man. This fucking guy is such an asshole or whatever. Like, <laughs> it just says it a bit more. It's so interesting, isn't it? The way people can respond to something differently if they just feel an innate connection to the person who is talking. That's why there never will be diversity in the media because people want to see and hear things from people that they feel comfortable with. What do you mean? So if 80% of the population is still white, it'll just be white people in the... For a company to be profitable, they need to have a presenter... That is the majority. Well, I don't think see, it's specifically racist. It just makes business sense. Yeah, but this this is the thing that's just like so fucking pathetic about the West, right? <laughs> it's it's so self-flagellating. I I don't know any other society on earth that is like this. It's just like 80% is white, and that's terrible. That's a sin. The fact that you're white is bad, okay? Mm. So we're just going to prop this fuck up 
because he's just got like no experience whatsoever, but he's not white. Oh. And so he's going to the front. There's no other society. Yeah, like no, that. No, I don't no, know why that's about, the case here. I'm not talking about the people who say being white is bad. I'm just saying. No, no, but like I'm saying it's that like. It's profitable to have someone who is in the majority as a main presenter or as a newsreader or whatever it is. I know, but what the fuck is this thing now of just being like. That's a sin. It's like this weird thing that happened where it's just like, dude, in Japan, I would imagine that all the fucking hosts are going to be Japanese. Yeah, I mean, to play devil's advocate, I think the uh, if it is, if it makes profitable sense for a business to hire uh, people who are, who look as though they're part of the majority, then there's, I, I suppose, a ceiling or just obstacles for people who may be just as talented but can't get to that next tier of their career because of the way they look without there being sort of explicit racism per se. But But when you're dealing with the media, it's such a looks-based industry, okay? There are so many factors that come into play, not just race or gender. It's ultimately, if you're in any form of media, whether it's journalism, news reading, comedy, acting... If you're hot, it's going to be a huge advantage. Yeah. Okay, that's the biggest privilege there is. If you're going to be on screen in any way, if you're going to be seen by the people, hot privilege is the main privilege there is. Yeah. Regardless of the race, the gender, whatever it is. Mm. If, you, if you're sexy, it sells. Mm. Maybe in comedy there can be an argument to be made that if you're too attractive, it can actually be a disadvantage. Even then, I don't really know. I, I I don't think it's a disadvantage. I don't think it may it might stop being an advantage, but Yeah, but like uh, Will Anderson, Tommy Little. Yeah, in Australia in in Australia in particular, yeah, but there yeah, but there's a there is a system in place to basically mould up and coming comedians into that. But the, why? The 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 kind of naughty, fresh I love those don't get me wrong, I love I like Tommy Little as a uh as a guy, man, but there, there clearly is like all those token acts are kind of the same to me, at least. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like tokens are a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like, dude, you know what the fucking average Australian is, which is just so strange to me. But like, dude, the average Australian is Isaac Butterfield's audience. That's why yeah, that yeah. motherfucker has been able to accumulate an audience sure. of 1.6 million people without any marketing budget. You know, it's and like that guy is basically chewed out of the Australian media ecosystem. Which is crazy when you think about it. They're not actually thinking about profit then, are they? No. They're, See, this is the thing. Even stupid. in their fucking mind, it's what you're saying. It's just like, they're in a I identify with this. Yeah, they're in a, they're in their like, inner west, upper middle class bubble. But that, yeah, okay, that's that's SBS and ABC. No, even but nine, then Channel Nine, ten, Channel Nine, and are in a bu- They're in their, nor- but they're in like they're the in North their, Shore bubble, their right? Rich yeah. bubble. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're they're like they're all from like different sects of wealthy society. Yeah, is really Absolutely. where they. Yeah, ABC yeah. and SBS is not so much wealthy as it is like upper middle class. You yeah. know, Channel Nine is like really anyone that I've ever fucking met that worked at Channel Nine is always the daughter of someone who owns like you know a couple of condos in Threadbow and shit. But ABC is usually just like, well, my dad worked at the ABC and his dad worked at the ABC. You know that that usually yeah, is the way yeah, it works yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. But it's like it, it's like it's really it's really really interesting to me that there is this constant push in the media 
in Australia for like diversity and shit like that. And it's just like, Isaac Butterfield has this massive audience. Why the fuck isn't he there? Like he's the enemy that you're always talking about. But if you look throughout all of Australian television history, Isaac Butterfield's never been fucking represented. Rodney Roode's never been really represented. These people get chewed out, but that's where the average person is. Mm. So it's actually, it's more fucking class. It's really just class. You're not wrong, man, because even the Superwall guys, right? They've had a few forays into mainstream media with their ABC show, but it was managed terribly. I mean, it took them three years to get a second season. It's probably the biggest show on ABC in history if you tally up all the YouTube views. But uh, not only are they... They're diverse as well. They're ethnic. Hmm. But they represent a, def- a different sector of society. And it's obvious, isn't it's it? It's very clear and very obvious. And and that just does not appeal to the people who work in media in Australia. They are very middle and upper class. And this is the thing, because I remember them talking about Superwog. Uh, there, was this, there was this talk that one of my producers that used to work for me, she was at... Mm. And it was, I can't remember who, but some ABC execs with some other producer execs and shit. And it was just the usual wank fest that it's just like. They don't, they wouldn't get it, basically. They wouldn't get it, but they were also, it was, it was amazing because she said in real time, you could see that conflict happen in their mind of just being like, they're ethnic, so I'm supposed to like them, but I don't like them because they're crash. Like that was happening in their head. And so that, that is why it took them like three years to get their second season, I reckon, because it was. They are of the class. I mean, sorry. They're they're they're, they're of that. They're exactly the thing that on paper I'm supposed to fucking tick the boxes for, and that I'm always talking about what I like and care about. But really, when it comes down to it, it's just that like, no, what you really want is a Lebanese person that wears your same cunty square glasses and really likes Alexander Hamilton. That's what you fucking want. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Preaching to the choir, man. Or they have to share the exact same views, the exact same ideology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Which is funny because I think Isaac Butterfield's audience and Superwog's audience would have way more in common than either of their audiences would have with a TV, any of the TV audiences. I bet you there's heaps of crossover. There would be massive crossover for sure. It'd be interesting well, to see. They definitely know it. They definitely uh, know of each other and probably like each other too. The the content of each of them, which is weird because it's it's so strange. Because like if if anybody was even in the same area of uh, commentary out of two. Out of two uh, people, it would be like Isaac Butterfield and myself would have like the, the most similar format, things that we kind of talk about sort of sometimes overlap. Yeah. And that's pretty much the audience in a nutshell as well. It's just like my audience either doesn't know who he is or they despise him. And his audience either doesn't know who I am or they despise me. Yeah, I've seen that. You guys love each other and you're always posting each other's content, but then... Look at the comments and they're they're, uh, sometimes far from friendly. And you know what it is? 
it's again a different it's class class is like I, and yeah. I hate this fucking thing that all these like shitty bread tubers or whatever they're called like those crap YouTubers in America that are just like political or whatever and they're always trying to they're, they're always throwing around this like phrase of like you're a class reductionist but it's because they're all from the same class they're all just like little misfit nerds you look at them all they're all weedy little fucking men that sit there and they yeah. have the same annoying I probably grew up very rich and wealthy probably but just uh didn't fit in with the footy boys you know <laughs> didn't fit in the footy boys but it's definitely that thing it's like if if i look at why my audience doesn't like isaac butterfield or why his audience doesn't like me it's it's very that it's it's very just like what you're saying it's just like it's not the tribe it's not the tribe yeah, that's why 100%. they fucking hate him it's really yeah, nothing to do with something to do with ideas or anything like that it's just like isaac butterfield's audience just had a different life experience something Probably, that they can't yeah. relate with so yeah like what are you saying i guess Class it's like yeah you do need to yeah. you definitely need to move into doing that eventually and like hitting all those things which is exactly what murdoch has done so well is he's got his telegraph that hits the bogans he's, he's got the australian. australian he's got the australian uh yeah highbrow but also just kind of like a political tool that influences wankers that watch the abc it, <laughs> you're uh, becoming what you hate you are becoming the next murdoch this is how it starts <laughs> no but dude i i've look I mean, you, you know of, what i'm i'm beyond hating murdoch like yeah. I'm, I'm really just of a thing of like that is an incredible man like that okay. guy has done something that is like you know what he really is he is the closest thing i think that the world has ever seen to an emperor ah oh, that's like a big, a, that's a big call as in like global he doesn't have a share in canada and, and and china and stuff like that but a lot of countries he's got his enough foothold in there to influence who's running the country and every prime minister or president has to come to him for some form of blessing even in the u.s it's not like he has enough power because it's like a very mm. competitive market, but he has enough power to constantly make the election nail-biting. Like in the last election, there was like 90,000 votes between Biden and Trump. Yeah, I heard that the other day. It was very close. Yeah, but that is an effect. That says a lot. That's a huge condemnation on the Democrats, though. The fact that after COVID and after everything Trump said... They only won by that much. Dude, 2024, they're, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. I still think Kanye. No. Like, I thought that he'd get some kind of cut through, but, like, how many votes did he get in? No, 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 but it doesn't matter about that. Like, Trump did the same thing in 2012, didn't get any votes. But just think about, dude, dude, Think about the Republican primaries, okay? Think about it. Who's it? It's going to be Ted Cruz. It's going to be Nikki Haley. It's going to be some other establishment Republicans. You Mitt Romney types, and then some slightly newer types, like the guy with the eye patch or whatever. They're all going to say the left 
has told us that it's shameful to be religious and that it's shameful to be conservative. We need to free up business. We need businesses to be free from regulation. Kanye is going to be at the end like, they are taking Jesus from the school. They are taking Jesus. He's going to start crying. They are killing our babies. They are killing our babies. He is going to run a rally like a concert. Okay. It is going to be primetime news. It is going to generate so much attention. And, 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 and this is the big thing. If Trump does not run, who is he going to endorse? He's not going to endorse uh, Ted Cruz. They hated each other. He, he may endorse Nikki Haley or may endorse Mike Pence. He will also endorse Kanye West, though. True. Because Kanye was the only one that actually showed genuine loyalty to him and came out as a black celebrity and said, I'm going to wear this hat. And not only that, Kanye is, is a non-establishment figure, which is half the reason people voted for Trump. I, I don't know, man. I, I still, I saw the betting odds and he was paying 100 to 1 and I was tempted to just put quite a bit of money on Are you talking him. about the primary or the election? That was the actual election. I'd even go that far. I'd say I, I, I if because I don't think Biden will be put up in twenty twenty four. It'll be Kamala Harris, and t- dude, anyone will beat her. If that's the case, they probably have to go to a primary, right? They couldn't just hand it over to Kamala. Potentially, but then who? I mean, who else is there? See, it's just like she'd be the front runner, and then then MSNBC and CNN will be a, be able to Bernie would be too old to run. You know, uh, well, AOC might run or something, but I don't think she'll actually win the primary. Who was generating cut through and who would be a good compromise candidate, I think, would be Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, but they don't, the media establishment didn't like her. Yes, but if she, if she changed her position a little bit, I think she would be very digestible to the American public. And you know why? She comes across as somebody with integrity. She comes across as likable. She's she's much yeah. better stock than most of what they have on the Democrat side. Like obviously, a, they're never going to choose Bernie Sanders. No, they don't want to touch him. But in a weird way, their Democrats audience, the core Democrat audience in America, is even more beholden to media than actually some of the Republicans who just see. I think would just be like, I like that guy. He speaks his mind. Whereas the Democrats would be like, Well, what did CNN tell me to think? I'm going to think that. Mm. And, but that's what I'm saying, right? But, like, but she, the media didn't like her. Yes, they, but Hillary. they didn't like her because she was running on a platform that was similar to Bernie Sanders. If she altered her platform, I think that CNN and MSNBC would just turn around like that because their bosses would just be like, yeah, yeah back her. Maybe, maybe, but they'd probably back Kamala because she's already established she's she'd have name recognition all of that and they live in their little bubble and they love her whereas I don't think she has much appeal to the she probably has you know white upper class appeal which is funny most of these diverse candidates only appeal to like middle and upper class white people yeah it's true Kanye a lot of working class people I think would actually vote for Kanye I don't know, man. I'm just putting this out there. Like, I, I, it's pretty crazy. It's a it's a crazy and bold predi- prediction. Actually, who I'd do you... rather? I'll fall on my sword, though. Out I th- of those I, two, I, I though, think he has a massive chance. If you, you know what? Okay, look, Biden. Yeah, 
see, it's just what I'm saying again. It's just like these machine things. The machine is so much bigger than the person. And mm-hmm. look, like the thing that people are always saying about, you know, this is a damnation of the, the Democrats and whatnot. I think that it's actually really a testament to how powerful the machinery is behind the Republican Party that it was able to almost win an election with those economic, with, with that like, yeah, economic and health crisis happening. It was still almost able to win. Yeah, but that, because most of those big media outlets are on the Democrat side. It's just Fox. So it's Yeah, but really, when it comes it, to radio, a, when it comes to yeah. radio and it comes to print, they've really got like a, they, well, they, they have their voices Glenn there. Glenn Beck's and all that. And they have massive, like, dude, MSNBC and CNN, you're looking at maybe a daily circulation of like 3 million on a good day, 6 million, like when there's something like really breaking news. But Rush Limbaugh and Hannity and shit, they're talking to like 20, 15 million people a day. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair fair enough there. So it's like, yeah, but then then that is also cancelled out with, uh, you know, NBC and stuff, obviously skewing towards the Democrats. But then the other thing is that... uh, you know, like uh, the internet is also that huge battleground. And there's a book that I really need to read about how the Demo- how the Republicans kind of circumnavigate Google's algorithm changes and stuff. But the thing is that they have like a lot of geniuses sitting there figuring out how to get their message out via the internet as well. Mm. So it's like, that's what I'm saying is like in, in this universe, in the US universe, there is two competing factions in the media. Yeah. Right. So it's always going to be fairly close. And I'm, I don't know, when people are always just saying that, like, this candidate would work better and this one would work better, I really think that these things are, like, quite minor and they are really just that little X factor of those, you know, 120,000 this way, 120,000 that way. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'd say they're that minor, but... I but they're not as big. I know what you mean. Okay, it's, at it's least team, they're not as big very... as what everyone thinks yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Like but yes, in the but thinking about it through the context of the primary, just judging of how judging based on how Trump was able to win that primary, and then generate enough noise by saying outlandish statements, but populist rhetoric that that base wanted to hear. Kanye is the best chance. He will say the most outlandish things. But this the is the most extremely pro-Christian things will come out of his mouth. That is what will get clipped up and go viral on Jesus Talk and viral in evangelical American Facebook. And that's what people will make their decision on. This guy wants to bring wants to put Jesus back in the schools or whatever. Do you think because this is the other thing? If we're going down that route, Donald Trump, there was a lot of method to his madness. Donald Trump actually really understood what he was saying. Like, I remember an example being that he used to use malapropisms. Is that the word or malapropisms? Like, deliberately fucking up a word so that all the media would just be smug and just say that, I don't know, he said, like, distruths, it's mistruths, idiot. And then he'd get a bunch of headlines for it. Like, he knew all the little tactics and tricks, and he knew 
He was like the, really? the, the the mess that you were looking at was actually a lot more calculated than people knew. And even if you read his book Art of the Deal, the man clearly understands how to grab attention and how to direct sure. it. I don't know if Kanye West knows how to do that. He I don't knows know how enough. To grab attention. He knows how to grab attention, but does he know how to, how to, how to like? But does he know how to play the media like Trump did? This is the question. Uh, I think he has. He knows how to grab he attention. He definitely has tools in his arsenal to be able to do that. Yeah. He grabbed a lot of attention just in when he voiced his support for Trump and then also in this recent election. But um, the the main thing is, you know, it, it, all that mental health thing, that he, all the mental health concerns and what he may or may not be enduring. You know, I always wonder if this is all actually just an act. I, I, I wonder with him. I, I don't... I think people do... I think he is crazy, but people also understate how calculated and, and how much method there actually could be to his madness. Because if I was... If I was thinking, what is a sort of generic archetype of a candidate that could do well in a predicted 2024 American environment? The economy is not going to get any better there's still going to be this anti-establishment rage if anything that's going to be exacerbated the two main factions that were competing against each other in the 2016 republican primaries was the nationalist america first trump populism and the religious conservative ted cruz style uh paleo conservatism but the neoconservatives no one wanted that Kanye has the rhetoric that would appeal to the religious side. But he has also positioned himself in bed with Trump enough that they're so loyal to Trump that they will just vote for whoever Trump says vote for. This is all assuming Trump doesn't run in 2024. So I just feel like he could get the most out of those two groups of the Republican voter base. Yeah, true. I really, I man, like, I just, <laughs> and the thing is, everyone's like, oh, they're all racist. Dude, the person who was leading the polls in that 2016 Republican primary for a very long time was Ben Carson, a black man, because he was the most fervent in support of religious values and religious freedom. Then Ted Cruz overtook him. So it's not about the race of the person, it's just are they willing to just, you know, Kanye's yeah, already going to come out thing. there and say, he's going to come out and he calls it a culture, abortion culture and stuff. You know, like he's saying what they want to hear. And the, the, the most ironic thing about it is all the Hispanics and, and blacks will then not feel ashamed to vote Republican. And they're probably more in line with the cultural values of Republican ideology than Democrat ideology. It'll also be a class thing, I think, mm. but... Dude, Hispanics, very Christian. And also most black Americans, very, very Christian. So they won't have that fear of like, well, is this party racist? Because well, if it's a black man, clearly not. It's really what Chomsky was predicting. He was predicting this maybe like 15 years ago. It's really interesting listening to the things that he was talking about. What was he? A while ago. But he was saying that his theory of what's going to happen in the next election is that trump will be running this sort of alternative government and it won't go away and he'll be the head of it and he'll just be the kingmaker until he dies really um because he's really identified and hit Mm. the narrative 
so well and no one else is able to compete with it because every other candidate that the Republicans try and run, the like establishment Republicans, the ones that really are the power base of the party, they are constantly trying to run someone like a Mitt Romney type of character, but the base does not want a Mitt Romney. And so you could be right in that, like, putting in a, a, a assuming, assuming that Trump gives him his blessing. Maybe he's just going to run again. Maybe he'll give it to his daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. But even his children, they don't have the the, the fervor pizzazz. and the char- charisma that someone like one Donald Trump has, and someone like Kanye West. They don't. They speak very, they're very well spoken. They're all privately educated. But this educated. is the thing, you know, like that, Trump will just run for them. It, you know, he'll just, point. he'll just sit there so and just be like, yeah, yeah. And but, but like ass. just talk. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, just for like two hours and then yeah, just come yeah. out and be like, come out here, beautiful. This is the one. This is the one. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We love you. Karen, she's beautiful. Isn't she beautiful? I made that. Yeah. Okay. Always the case. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Of any of them, Ivanka probably has the best. The, those other two look like failed used car salesmen. They look fucked. Don't, don't they? They, they, they have look that terrible. Weird slick back hair. One of them looks like a fucking fish. But Ivanka's first of all gorgeous. I don't know how that happened. Why do the other two? They're not ugly, but they're kind of just odd. If you had a I mean, I can't imagine their family life would have been particularly healthy. <laughs> yeah, but why don't they genetically look good? Like, Ivanka's like a 10. I'm sure The they... other two are just like, dude, they're like oh, they're tall. creepy fives. Yeah, well, Donald Trump, in his younger day, he, he wasn't that good looking. I think he became a bit, bit better. You know, he's one of those guys that peaked 40 to 50, you know? <laughs> and then... Um, Doesn't really age after that. Yeah, no, now he's... Old man, but um, but he doesn't look it, does he? Look, if someone told me that Donald Trump is fifty, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Well, I'd say, ah, uh, yeah, that's because he tans so much and yeah. dyes his hair. But yeah, I don't. It look, doesn't the strike next me as a seventy-year-old be... man. No, he, he, especially what now? What is he now? Seventy-four, seventy-five. No, he's got a lot of energy. He's a very impressive, actually, for his age. But, um, man, I'm still putting it out there. I, I really think I think what's going on in the next year is Kanye is going to be talking to Trump and probably going to become that candidate for his, you know, for Trump's America. That could work. It really could because... Go vote for Kanye. He's cool. Very cool. He's nice, very he smart, America. very intelligent. Yeah, very great. Great. <laughs> I think that that's also what they've noticed with Trump as well, is that Trump was very useful. They didn't like his hissy fits at his tantrums, but the Republican establishment just got so much done with Trump in there. So maybe they could just be like, maybe they've all just understood that the president is sort of just a spectacle position. And dude, imagine the rhetoric of Kanye with all his pro-Christian, pro-conservative ideas, the noise it would generate on social media of everyone being like, ah, you can't take away our right, which I agree with, but it it would just be the 
opportune moment for distraction for just more, you know, pro-business laws to go through. Yeah. Well, that was that was Trump's key operation in it. So there'll be two laws on the table. One will be, you know, bringing back, you know, teachers are allowed to say they don't like gays or something. And then the other one will be massive deregulatory reforms. And then the media is just going to talk about law A. So then they can just... And Kanye is just going to talk about Law A because he wouldn't exactly. understand Law B. He wouldn't care, but <laughs> well, he's pretty. He's very. He actually does align a lot with the um, more that paleo From what he's said, he does. He's an, he's quite nationalistic. He says we need more. He, it's it's similar to Trump. The rhetoric is very similar to Trump. It's like we want the economy going, we want lesser regulation, but we also want it all in America. So, so he's just copying man, what Trump was saying. Yeah, I think, and then that's where Cruz isn't. He's a lot more globalist. I think I get that vibe. He's he's a bit more. He'll want a lot more free trade and everything. Well, he just doesn't have the pizzazz. That's no, he, really all really, it boils down to. It's just like he doesn't have the, the charisma of those two. Man, he looks like the sleazy dude at your work that just is a bit too nice to you, and then in like three months asks you out on a date. And then gets mad when you reject him. Yeah, and that's yeah. what Donald Trump's other two sons look like as well. Yes, they do. They look like Ted Cruz's sons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas, and then I don't know if Kanye's gonna stay with Kim, but they might get divorced. And but otherwise, Kim would probably like, like dude. Girls love Kim. A lot of a lot of again, it's a class thing. Working class women do love. really love Kim Kardashian. Really love, and then Why? He, even if they get divorced, just having Kim sort of loosely attached to Kanye will appeal to a lot of women. I, I think. Man, Why do they love you. They just like Kim. I mean, it's because she just became famous, and she's and she Is became famous it? in that. I don't. I'm. I don't know. I'd speculate she became famous in that sort of non posh. In the same way, they really love your Cardi B and your Nicki Minaj types. It's sort of you know what you know what they like. That's like me. I'm like that. I'm a sassy bitch. But you know what they you know what the working class really likes. What the idea of being a this is it. They like the idea of being a dumb bitch, <laughs> but like living the life of like you know Bill Gates. That's what they want. That that's that's their ultimate fantasy. Is I think that's it. It's just like she's like me, but she lives in a palace. That's why they like her. Yeah, probably. There's probably a lot of that as well. Because I swear that that's what I see. Because yeah. like whenever I listen or watch any of the media that is clearly aimed at like working class women, it's that at infinitum. Like. Yeah, you know, real desperate housewives of Melbourne. Kyle yeah, and Jackie are keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, it's always that. The glamour, Even the fucking bachelor. The it's always in like some bachelor mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. True. Yeah. If they do get divorced, it will hurt, hinder his chances with women actually. So I don't know. That could be an interesting one. What's the what's the escape that where, where the fuck does the upper class go? What are they looking for? What's if the they're diehard they Republicans, consume? they will still vote Republican in the same way a lot of them still voted Trump, but a lot of them will just keep voting, will move to... That's what. That's the trend. The trend is that middle and upper class white people who have traditionally been Republican voters are 
in the last election, they swung towards the Democrats. Dude, people of color actually swung towards Donald Trump. That's what the trend showed. Well, it's still massively, you know, 80, 70, 80% that vote for um, Democrats. But the swing is towards that party. Now, if it was Kanye at the helm, that swing would be massive. Which will just expose the whole hypocrisy of the the one party being, we are the party of diversity and not racists. When, like, <laughs> working-class ethnic people are racist. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know and like, sexist and homophobic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. And you know what? Carl Carl Kalinske actually made this point that I was listening to he was saying that, you know what the Democrats' entire strategy has turned into? We're, we're smart and they're dumb. Yeah. Like, what a way to make sure that you keep that fucking section voting for the Trumps. Like, or, like, just voting for, like, the Republicans <laughs> That's in a good general. Point. Don't yeah. you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Just by oh, being like, that yeah. person's stupid. <laughs> Just like there's nothing that you could say that is a better shot of just like making the riffs. I think, I think, um, there was also something, there's an interesting study that Chomsky was looking at because it's been extensively polled in the US, as you would imagine. People are just obsessed with what the Trump voter thinks. Why did they vote for Trump? You know what it all was? They recognized that he was like a conman. They understood that what he was saying, he was lying. They understood that he was not going to deliver on the promises. It was, how fucked is this? It was just the fact that he was talking about them. It's just like, that's how removed people are that usually run for office from the average person. That they just have no idea or maybe they do have an idea, but like, you know, the the focus groups are just saying, don't say that, talk about this. So they're just talking about things that are just so removed from their lives and Trump at least identified like, you want a job, I can get you a job. Simple shit like that. It's amazing. That was really like what a huge appeal of his was. was like, And exactly what they were saying as well, what you're just pointing out of this thing of like, he talks like me. He's yeah. not careful with his words. He's yeah. not constantly admonishing people. He's kind of just is who he is. Mm. And it was that thing of like him being dishonest is him being honest. At least I know that he like exaggerates and that he's a salesman and stuff. You just don't see that at all in any Australian politics. I... I Actually, when I watched Q and A the other day, mm. they're so careful and polished about everything they say. Everything is so carefully calculated, and they just don't want to overstep and say the wrong thing. All of them on all sides of the spectrum. You get the sense that the liberals and nationals have a little bit of more freedom because they're trying to appeal to that voter that thinks. You know, you can't say what you want anymore. 
but not really the liberals. They kind of just hint at it, don't they? They hint at it. The nationals really might go it. a little bit further. They're not. There's no real populist figure in. Well, Pauline is like the the, the populist figure. She clearly is someone who just actually does tell it like it is. You can. I do understand her appeal. Jackie Lambie, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Lambie does that. Yeah, and yeah, so I does understand. Bob Catter. All three of them. Yes, and so that's why I, I can see why they're they're Ooh, sorry. you know in in their positions. It it does make sense. Well, the other thing is they don't have to deal. This is the whole thing. They don't have to deal with the machine of the major party, because the other thing is like, dude, you know what's really fucked? Like, what really scares me mm-hmm. in the Labor Party. This is what I hear from uh, insiders in it all the time. And I'd imagine it would be the same. It wouldn't be the same in the Liberal Party because it wouldn't be in the same desperate situation. But pretty much they all treat the Australian as a weapon to attack their enemies within the, their own party to advance themselves further. And so essentially it's made this like in the, sinking sorry, in, in the, the Labor Party. So, so they leak to the, the Australian... And the Australian is obviously always oh, going to run God. something that's yeah. anti-Labor. Yeah. And so, they're just constantly sitting there just being like, hey, I've got a tip off about so-and-so to fuck them over so, so that they, they can, can bring ahead. their faction further ahead and themselves further ahead well, within the Labor Party. Defeatist strategy, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? So, they know it's just so fucking foregone in their minds. And I don't blame them because, like, that's just the way that it is. But, like, they kind of understand... Yeah, we're going to be permanently in opposition, but I want to be the head of the opposition. And so there's kind of like this rats in a sinking ship mentality. And they're not fucking, they're always they're, fucking well, vying. It's, it's each what, other. like two or three seats, isn't it? Yeah, but it's that it's this unbreakable supermajority thing of just like the Labor will win the majority in the metropolitan areas. And the Liberals will win, thanks to the Nationals, will like have a super majority in the regionals. And there's no break in that. There's no Labor candidate that's going to be winning fucking Cowper, you know. Mm, but and so, could, are there enough metropolitan or surrounding metropolitan seats federally that Labor could win? Technically. Technically. But I think that it's kind of just this thing of like, especially like with the conditions now of just Scott Morrison's going to have the easiest win in the next election. What it was looking like now, what I was saying before off air about Google might change things. But before it was kind of just like, well, he's just given out the biggest fucking welfare checks in human history, in Australian history. Like he's going to walk through that election. So excluding Google, do you think Scott Morrison would, would actually gain seats? If he, hugely. Yeah, huge. hugely. Dude, if you're giving people $750 a fucking week, like, yeah. they're going to vote for you. It's not just two... Think about this. Two $1,000 checks that Kevin Rudd came out. But he's and basically giving that out every week. Yeah. And he was giving it out for like, what, we're up to a year now? Yeah, and, and not only that, just because Australia happened to do so well with the coronavirus compared to other countries, mm. people will just reward the government for that, even though they probably didn't really... <laughs> it was just do luck. Do shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, actually, it was actually really the states. The states kicked in. Yeah. And there was that whole national committee that they had, and Scott Morrison was at the head, and basically all the premiers were just like, just, just go sit in the corner. It was like, yeah, no worries, and then just took credit for it. Yeah, right. But like, yeah, we're just very lucky that there's... Because in the US, there's 52 premiers, they're governors or whatever, and they're going to have like very different 
approaches to it. But here, if you've only got seven people in a room, it's actually pretty easy to coordinate that. But if you have 52, yeah. it gets harder. Yeah, yeah. If if he did call one this year, yeah, I'd say he'd win, he he wins. But I don't like know I was the just depth saying of analysis before. you do, but it, it, I'd put money on it if I had to. Yeah, I would put money on it if I had to too. But the varying factor is what I was talking to you off air was just like the world doesn't like Scott Morrison. They're pissed off with his the EU and Britain are pissed off with his climate policy. The US is pissed off with his climate policy and the US is pissed off because he's put those laws in against Google and Google is Joe Biden's boss. And China's pissed off because he's just coming like being like, you know, as hawkish as the US is. Whatever the fuck the US says, he's just like, yep, okay. And then just does that. So they're just like, well, fuck you. And then just putting in like all these trade tariffs against him. Fuck! It sounds like he's a bit of a he's a bit of an international rogue. He's an international rogue. Yeah, he is a truly an international pariah. Even the fucking I can't remember what they're called now. Davos. Davos is like the real Bilderberg Group. That really yeah. is like the the biggest richest companies and people on earth coming in and saying, "How do we divide the world this year?" And they fuck me. I know. And then probably fucking a bunch of kids. Probably. It's like what we were saying before, like when you get to that level, where do you go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you become a pedophile. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they were just saying, um, they were all coming together and they were basically just saying, shit, we should probably start paying more taxes. The only leader in the world that came out was like, what are you doing? How dare you pay more taxes? You're insane. No, just keep paying no taxes. Was Scott Morrison. So even the heads of like <laughs> these huge companies were just really? like, we want to pay more tax. He's like, no, I won't allow. Really? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that insane? He's fuck? such a pariah. Damn. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap yeah, this we'll one up it. there. That was a good one. I liked it. Uh, we haven't answered a question for a while, uh, but we will on the next podcast or one of the next two podcasts. We definitely will. Keep them coming. Uh, subscriptions available. NeilKalhanka.com slash podcasts all the subscription money will go towards charity and check out our shows check out our merch we'll see you next time bye